A city of justice A city of love A city of peace For every one of us We all need it Can't live without it A Gotham City Hello, and you are listening to the Gotham Chronicle podcast, powered by thebatmanuniverse.net. Check out the Batman Universe for this and many other great Batman podcasts. I'm Josh, and joining us is... This is Donovan. And we're going to take a look at the first episode of Season 4 called Attack of the 50-Foot Gordon. You know, (laughs) (laughs) when when Hugo Strange accidentally leaves his enlarging ray out, you know, in like GCPD, like headquarters, you know, Gordon presses a button thinking it's a coffee machine. You know, before Bullet can tell him otherwise. And and he becomes a giant, you know. He kidnaps Lee and takes her to the top of, like, you know, the Gotham Observatory Tower. <laughs> All the helicopters. <laughs> what do you see now, Lee? Will you marry me now? Jim, you become a menace. <laughs> you may be more than you a alien. Become a menace. She's, she's been saying that since he killed Mario for some reason. I can't figure out why. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what we're really here to talk about is um, is San Diego uh, Comic Con, where uh, Don and I were a few weeks ago, and uh, and 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 some of the Gotham developments that came out of that. Uh, how, how was your San Diego? Just you know, real briefly, which uh, how, how was your San Diego, Don? It was good. It was, for me, it was more personally challenging than than others. I know Stella's talked about that on her, on BTO before about how. You know, she had some challenges last year, and this year I had mine. I didn't get into a lot of things that, that I tried getting into or wanted to get into. But at the same time, I, I had good experiences. I, I, I interviewed the Cassie Crew Steam Universe again. I made it for the uh, the Batman and Harley one with Josh, and I did Riverdale solo. So there were still some accomplishments that I've, – I've yet to have a, I had a bad Comic-Con, and this one was still in the good category. What about you? Yeah, I don't think I've ever had a Comic-Con where, like, I would say it was bad. Poor Stella. I mean, and if you guys want to hear more about – our Comic-Con experiences and, like, more of our adventures. Like, it's become a tradition that, like, every year, Stella kind of does this, like, you know, yearbook of, like, you know, our Comic-Con experience, and that's over on the Batgirl Oracle podcast. Um, This was, like, it's hard for me to rank to conventions, but I do have ones that, like, stand out above others. And, like, my favorites have been, like, 2010, because that was, like, the first one I did. And, like, that one just was really awesome with some of the Spider-Man stuff I wound up being, including Stanley. And then 2011, because that was the first one where, um, you know, uh, you and Stella went. And we also had our friends, you know, John Wilson and Zach Joyner. And uh, and Dustin was still going with us. And then from there, like, I- I've loved them all. But then, like, you know, my other personal favorites have been 2014, because that was, you know, um, a great year. And the, 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 the first year we did Gotham, and we got into Hall H that year. And this year is honestly like up there with them in the top four because I feel like I've really honed my craft this year and I learned a lot like, you know, in the interim about, you know, how to make certain contacts and how to get into certain like, you know, press rooms. And I was it we were and Stella said like she feels like this was the most aware we've ever been. So um, they've stepped up their game with some of the security and stuff, but we've also like stepped up ours Uh so that, that that was fun. Although um, every year I've been flying, and I think next year I might try something different instead of flying. Yeah, this this one I think um, Comic Con. Like, like you say, Comic Con has really stepped up is security, and I don't. I feel that we should have been ready for that because we've been hearing a lot about how Comic Con's been changing and other cons 
of Comic Con mm-hmm. International has been different and kind of beefed up their security. It was visible here and it was palpably felt. Um, yeah. Like when I was going to the CB Universe press, I was like checked like four times by security and like uh, I didn't make it to some other places and like uh, with the television show. Yeah, to, to Tom Cavanaugh's agent, you know, like could right. not get into like the uh, the room for Flash at first. Like she was she was stopped by like the bouncers, and I remember like. Stella, like, walked into, like, the Flash press junket uh, the first year, like, to just just to see if she could. Like, I don't think she actually interviewed anyone, but she, like, walked in there, like, just 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 to do it. <laughs> and, like, and no one stopped her. But then, like, this year, it's, uh... But, yeah, as I was saying, I don't think I'm going to fly next year. I think, I think um, I'll take a car because um, even though it's a lot longer doing it on the road, when you're in the Ford Focus, time just goes by. Wait a you know, minute. like really, really fast. And uh, <laughs> did you say Ford Focus? Yeah, <laughs> I, I was sending up a Ford Focus product placement joke when I was like, I don't think I'm going to fly next year. You, it like went over your head, and you kept on going, like, Yeah, you sure? <laughs> so, <laughs> and then it hit me. <laughs> yeah, it hit you like a Ford Focus. Although you won't be hitting much with the Ford Focus because you know, with its with its great brake system, you'll be able to hit those brakes and avoid any car accidents that might happen. No matter what, what you're robbing. Isn't that right, Tabitha and Babs? <laughs> Together again, apparently, uh, which which we'll discuss. So uh, I was thinking about it earlier uh, er, earlier tonight as we were setting up this recording. I was, like, you know, going for a walk and thinking, like, it's been two years in a row that, like, you know, the, the, the bouncers, you know, had, like... Uh, comic-con have said i'm sorry you know donovan but you can't go into gotham yeah i know <laughs> we, we already have somebody a bertoni it's like well we're fine it wasn't even that we already had some it was just that's exactly why I, could, I couldn't go in they said we already have somebody from tbu you should have said you were from gotham chronicle <laughs> I've, I've never <laughs> yeah. well, we've discovered certain ways to get into press room like when you're not on the list like you know basically like with you know airplanes you could be on standby and stuff so i told don just go on standby and they said you can't be on standby there's there's no room and i was like taking videos of don of like the empty seats at the table i was like no there's room i swear come in and you're like tell the woman that <laughs> and i was trying not to antagonize like you know the people checking us in more than i already was because i was able to convince them to take the tbu junior intern in with us uh sitting on Stella's little lawn chair, you know, during some of the press rooms. <laughs> he doesn't even take up a seat. Come on, you know. Uh, so, because last year Stella came in, and they did not check her in when they checked me in. They just kind of let her go in with me. But because, like, you came in, like, 20 minutes after Stella, they wouldn't let you in. And this year, it, it's all about, like, just timing and stuff like that, too, because they actually forgot to put me on the list. But luckily I was able to, like... I. The guy who, like, was running the thing remembered me because I'd been calling and emailing him for weeks. So, like, I showed them, like, an email I had from him, like, guaranteeing me a spot. And then, like, they said I was okay. But then, like, another person who, like, was not part of that conversation came in and was, was, like, basically getting ready to kick me out until, like, the guy who um, runs the room came over and said, oh, no, I I spoke with him. He's good. I was like, okay, yes, excellent. (laughs) So it was – we didn't get – I, I say we, and it, it, it's we as TBU. It was it was me in there, and it was uh, uh, Ben, TBU's uh, junior intern, who uh, turned 11 that day, uh, who who accompanied me on my travels this year. So it was, you know, You're great You're a young ward, as Stella says. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my young ward. Uh, which, uh, actually, it was be- because it was his birthday, we got some mileage out of that in some of the press rooms. And also, 
having a kid with you at the press table, it, it either loosens up the actors and like, you know, and, and it kind of like gets them a little more animated or in some cases I was listening back to other interviews. It like, it gets them nervous. Um, uh, over in the Arrow press room, like, I guess, uh, the, the person who plays like Felicity Smoke, she's kind of, I don't want to say dirty, but like, she's a little more adult. And like, she was like about to say something. She's like, Oh, kid at the table, kid at the table. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I was like listening to other. I'm like, Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, but it, it, it was, I, I wish that Don could have been there with me because th- this year it was Ben and last year it was Stella. Not that I want to kick Ben or Stella out of the like, uh, press room, but like, because Don endorsed this podcast with me, unfortunately he couldn't join me, but he was able to like, you know, hear certain, you know, factoids as I was like texting him. And, um, yeah, th- th- this was after Riverdale, but in any case, um, we didn't get everyone that was in the press room. Like we didn't get to talk to Drew Powell or, uh, Cameron Beacondova or, um, and Ben McKenzie left early and, and, and we didn't get Robin Lord Taylor this year. But the way that the Gotham press rooms usually work is, I don't know, it, it, I don't want to say it's first come, first serve. You never get anybody. Yeah, like, there's never, I don't, maybe last year we got everyone, but usually, no, last never. year we didn't get Davi. But, but we we also have never gotten Riddler till this year. Yeah, every, yeah, never gotten Donald Logue, even when he's been there. Because the way that these press rooms work is, um, there's a thing called the press line for a video where, like, you stand, it's kind of like a red carpet-esque thing with, like, a Comic-Con backdrop. And each outlet that, like, has a camera, like, is kind of, like, lined up. And they'll take turns spending about two to three minutes with, like, a star, like, talking to them. So, like, Ben McKenzie will talk to, like, this camera person. And then after the two or three minutes are up, they walk to the next one. You could do that or you can do um, uh, print. They call them print roundtables. And there you get them longer than two or three minutes. But you're sharing them with, like, six other reporters, which usually isn't bad because, you know, you, you still get some good stuff. And as long as you're not, you know, mild-mannered Clark Kent, you can you can almost dominate the conversation with some of these. Um, and, and it helps, too. Like, if you don't know what to say to a certain person, there's always, like, six other people to back you up. Yeah, exactly. Um, kind of uh, buffer and flank you. Yeah, and you, and you get them from anywhere from, like, you know, like, so, sometimes they forget that someone's there and you get them for, like, six or eight minutes. Um You'll hear the length of these. And then a producer or someone will come and say, okay, move on. So this year, um, we got uh, Sean Pertwee, um, John Stevens. Is his name John Stevens? Yes. Yeah, John Stevens. We got, we got six people, I know. And Sean Pertwee, uh, Aaron Richards, Jessica Lucas, um, Alexander Sadig or Anthony S- <laughs> I'm very Alexander Sadiq. Alexander, yeah, but Jan, Jan's other boyfriend, um, yeah. who I should remember. And there was one other person. Oh, and, and Corey Michael Smith, finally. Um, didn't get Ben McKenzie this year, which he left the room in the middle of, like, the press thing um, and, like, and did not come back. And then, like, later on, the cast was taking photos for, like, you know, some other thing. And I noticed he wasn't in those photos, too. So look for I don't know if he had to go or, like. Take care of something. He, I mean, he 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 did join them later on, but like, he he did just disappear like halfway through the press thing, which I thought was odd. But I mean, I I got him um, during Batman Year One, and I got to talk to him last year. We had that moment like Gordon finally found a home, so I'm kind of you know <laughs> satisfied. Like, well, I would like to talk to him again. It's, and um, <laughs> and Ben, who is well versed in, in in our ways, um, I I did warn him, you know, before we went to the press room, said, listen, while we're in here. We have me with no complete reverence. You cannot make any homeless cop jokes, any at all. 
<laughs> which was hard for us alone. So you know, yeah, which is hard enough for me. I was like, you cannot make any any homeless hot cop jokes. Which, <laughs> so for his reward for holding it in, like the very next day at the hotel, or it was like two days later, Don and Ben and I we went out to. Should I tell him what we did? <laughs> Go right ahead. We went out to the balcony and we cried. <laughs> the three, uh, the, us three men, like cried to the sky, homeless, homeless, God, <laughs> as loud as we could. Yeah, I don't know why we do these things, but in any case, um, Sean Pertwee was the first interview, so we're gonna play um, each of those uh, six interviews and then you know talk about the revelations from them. And uh, Don's uh, hearing some of them for the first time, so we're going to get his live reaction. So here is Sean Pertwee. What's up? All right. What's up? How are you? So, can we get through season four without Alfred going to the hospital? We shall see. Yeah, I mean, he's doing remarkably well so far. We're on episode three, and things are looking good. All right. Crossing, crossing. Now, there's, uh, um, David, let me just say right now, off the bat, he's gutted he's not here, but we literally were saving the city last night. Till t- I was shooting, we were shooting till two o'clock in the morning, and um, David as you know, does schooling as well, and he couldn't make it. And he apologises to everyone, and he's gutted. He's on the poster, and he's turning into the last vigilante. And I'm very pleased to say that, that, we've, that we're not butting heads anymore. There's a um, returning, we're morphing into the relationship that, uh, that everyone knows of Alfred and Bruce. It's the beginnings of them coming together, like being a father. The way of being able to—you just hope that you can communicate and talk with your child, and that's basically where they're at now. He still tries to advise him. Um, things don't necessarily always go according to plan, but what can you do? It's either that or lose them. I have the same thing. My son's put out, but I have the same thing with that. You have to find a, 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 a way of communicating and, and letting go, letting go of the extra strings. So um, it's been very interesting. It's been a real marked change this season, and also the, the David's height is a marked change this season. And you can actually chuck a very, very firm right hand. You know. So he's out there, and I'm with him, and we're working together. Lucy's Fox is there's proto bits and pieces beginning to arrive now. Is a, so it's a very much a proto vigilante, um, and and he's got he's supported by Alfred. Then there's a reemergence of Rachel Gould. Is why he was there. How Alfred survived? They begin to question that. Then Gordon chimes in, wanting to be the, the, the parent that he never was. So this kind of bizarre parental triangle starts around Bruce as a growing teenager. He starts to disrupt his upbringing, who he is. The dark arts are basically being introduced by Rachel Gould, and, um, and uh, there's, a, there's a terrible sort of. Um, Discombobulation, should we say, between Bruce and Alfred. Uh, and you'll see in the middle of the season um, who Alfred really is, which I'm really excited by because, yeah, because you, you met this guy called Reggie who turned up on the doorstep, who was an SAS guy who actually stabbed him. Um, and do you remember, like, you go, Who are you? Like, yes, sir, police, sir, with a suit on. No, you, you're a killer. And he gets drunk and he's telling Bruce what, who I am. I'm going, Shut up. And you'll see Alfred out on his ear. Uh, and you'll find out who he is, and it's not a not a good look, I have to say. So, plus, Did he ever meet his family? Um, well, I don't. I'm not sure about. And that's the thing is, I'm, I'm hoping so. Like, as you know, he's has a daughter in in some of the some of the versions. Um, 
but we're, we're going to. You, I think you're going to find indirectly about his his past and the person that he was, of which he's not proud. You know, he has as many demons, well, more demons than Bruce has, and that's why they're sort of all always been inexorably sort of drawn together, and they find each other, and that that relationship suffers as he as grows as he grows as the young boy grows, and Alfred tries to keep up with him, but just can't because then you know you know one thing Alfred is is a sort of patsy, and they fall apart. And let's see what happens. So, what's your favorite episode to film? My favorite episode to film. Well, there's been there's been a, there's been a few. The first, my first one was when you saw what Alfred was like, and this was the showrunners had an idea of the fact that I was quite physical, and it was when the, in season one when Bruce is sort of kidnapped by Copperhead, which is almost like a prototype Jessica Lucas, a prototype. Um, uh, like like Jessica, and uh, he's, she, he's, he thinks he's been kidnapped by her, but he's, in fact he's being pursued by her. And you see Alfred just go full ball 007, or full ball 00 Alfred, and he goes and knocks the granny out of everyone. It's an interesting uh, Knocks the granny out of everyone in order to get to his son or his his his, his guardian. And people were really then they suddenly realised why I was there because it took a few episodes for people they'd never seen Alfred at that place before they'd always well, why was he there you know why would Thomas Wayne the richest man in the world have a really constantly angry cross you know butler like shouting and everything he, he was there to protect them and that was the reason and that so for me that was my favourite episode I think that was like 17 of season 1 Lovecraft yeah Lovecraft right yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah I think that was my favourite. One of my favourites. Does your path come in as far as you getting physical in action with Bruce as he? Yes, it well, that, well, that does as well. I mean, we, I, I can't get too much away because I, I don't know that much. But all I know is that you, we, they were trying to find a way of um, finding a, a way to introduce Alfred's past because that's never been shown any, any time before, really. Why he's there and who he is. So in that one, um, he talked about how, you know, they're, they're, not, they're just starting to film and he said that he and Bruce are not going to butt heads anymore, which I guess that was kind of like, like the last half of the last season. I never really thought about it too much, but it, well, that'll be nice. Cuts to like episode five where like, because, because, he because they're like in the script. So, yeah. Or yeah, or, or they're fine about something else. Um, but I, I, and I did ask him at the beginning of that clip, like, will Alfred stay out of the hospital this season? He's like, so far, so good. You know, like, he's, he's crossing his fingers, so. The most horrifying uh, part about that is that, you know, like, like Alfred and him are like father and son, and then Gordon wants to be the, the father that Bruce never had. It's like, go, no. He's like, there's, there's a father triangle. <laughs> it, it's gonna be like Lego Batman. Like my two dads are the same dad, and they're both leaving. <laughs> Bruce, look, I, I made you lobster trapador, whatever. <laughs> Gordon's gonna be Bruce. I need you to break into the fortress of solitude and steal this. <laughs> yeah, well, in fact, Sean Pertwee, like he was filming with Davi, like very, very late, like the night before, so he was not supposed to be there. He apparently like surprised the cast at like the signing that they did at the WB booth, like, 
hey guys, you know, I'm here because because I did remember hearing that he wasn't going to show up. So like, I was surprised to see him in that room. Was he on the? Did they give you like? A, did they give you a, a, a list of who's going to show up? Because they Cartoon they Network didn't because um, but but that's because there was there was a mix up with my confirmation. Like <laughs> it, it legitimately got lost in the mail. But um, but the guy who ran the room, you know, like like had me down because he was supposed to send me the cast list so I would know. And I was eagerly looking for the cast list because I wanted to know like who lived and who died and who was coming back because like. There was all these guessing, like, is Lee off the show for good, or all these dead people? Because I was arguing with you and Jan on this uh, on our season finale, like, if Barbara was dead or not, and you and both of you were like, "Let it go, Josh. She's obviously dead." And, uh, uh, is that a segue <laughs> to the Barbara King interview? Uh, well, let's do these in order of how we did them, and and um uh, and I guess I have to uh, thank Ben again because um. I, I, these are all from his phone because he he was recording all of these. So I was like, well, if he's recording them, I'm not going to use my phone. You know, I'll, I'll I'll just like take pictures. You know, for like memories and, um, you know, and stuff like that. So uh, I, I pulled these off of him. I was like, might as well. Ah, oh, Stella just liked one of my Twitter. Oh, St- Stella's liking all my Twitter posts about uh, uh my my line of uh watching Arrow, the pilot episode <laughs> earlier tonight. Yeah, <laughs> we'll have to talk about that later. When we're not talking, which actually we did the Arrow press room like hours earlier, Stella, Ben, and I. Uh, to great so. success. <laughs> I, th- I think it was great success. <laughs> Stella will tell you otherwise if you listen to her show, but you know. <laughs> All I know is we had fun. That's actually the, the, the second reference to the Arrow press room because I talked about Felicity Smoke earlier on there. But <laughs> uh, and in, in any case, yeah, so uh, th- thanking Ben because he uh, – he, these are all from his phone. It's funny because like he labeled them like different things, like you know, riddle me these questions. And for and for Raz Al Ghul, because he was like typing this real quickly before like the next people would come, he spells it like Rachel Ghul, like <laughs> as if like Raz Al Ghul got gender bender. Yeah, uh, yeah, so yeah. so going so going from the um, uh, Alfred one. Who, who's next? Is it John Stevens? Uh, Alfred was the last. Yeah, I, I guess. I guess. Yeah, uh, you, 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 these, I sent them last to the first, probably. Okay, so yeah, I guess John Stevens is one of the producers and showrunners. Okay, yeah, so uh, showrunner John Steven, who um, I finally um, asked on there, you know, the question I was asking the podcast all season, like, where did this Bruce clone come from? What is his origin story? What is the deal? And uh, he answered the question, was I satisfied with his answer? Let's find out. <laughs> Um, can you say that once again? I'm so sorry. Really seriously going to explore the Batman. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, I would make, I'd make the argument. We kind of do that a little bit every year, but definitely, I'd say visually, when you look at what Bruce is going to be doing this next season, it's going to look far closer to what our conception of Batman is definitely going to be. You're also going to get get to see him do very specific things, like like certain elements, like um, when he when you watch Bruce Wayne pretend to be a playboy, you know, we kind of sort of ask the question, well. How did he learn to do that so well? Well, maybe there was a time when he wasn't pretending to be that. I'm actually playing a little bit of David or Bruce kind of having like a little bit of a teenage spiral where he kind of <laughs> enjoys the playboy elements of being a billionaire with no parents in Gotham so he can draw from that later on to become the um, the fake playboy. So, yeah. So, what do you think about making a Gotham episode? My favorite part about making a Gotham episode? Um... I mean, honestly, it's like watching what the actors do with the material. 
because you write the scripts and you can see it in your head and when you have the cast like we have the cast they always take it and they elevate it and it becomes alive in a really exciting way it makes you feel like you're doing theater in a way like oh this thing's actually being created around us and it's like a living thing are we ever going to get an origin for um, that Bruce Wayne I mean they called him a clone we, it was never confirmed though like as opposed you know they were kind of guessing like why did Thomas Wayne make a copy of his son in Indian Hill and lock him away I'd love to get right. that backstory and we, we just kind of ignore it at the end of season 3 yeah you know we actually were never saying that Thomas was the one creating it okay. oh yeah we, we were actually saying that it was a um, project between uh, Hugo Strange and the Court of Owls to, to create mm. to create okay, so for, for the whole thing at the end of the yeah. season it was, it. it was to do a swapperoo if they ever really needed to that do a, a very big contingency plan yeah. <laughs> they, the play the, they, they play the long game they play the long game yeah what kind, uh, what kind of new sets do you have uh, like big set pieces like have you seen yep. like a fully realized iceberg lounge we got a full tilt iceberg lounge which has a frozen enigma in the center of it like Han Solo and Carbonite which is, which is awesome um, there's a new Fal- Sophia Falcone is coming on this year's season as a new series regular <laughs> so we have a new Falcone mansion which is um, cool and awesome uh, we have a new the Sirens Lair they have a new place which is sort of like a a Soho house of crime um, and I think that's all of our new sets oh and we have a new place in the Narrows where some of our characters are going to congregate which is going to be cool so now that you're going into a new season, have you stayed on course from the first season, or have you digressed? That's a, that implies we have a plan. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no. I mean, yes and no. You know, to a degree, we knew, like, we knew we wanted to bring in Rachel Ghoul at a certain point. <clears throat> we knew we wanted to have Bruce have his teenage wilding years, and we knew we wanted to have a traumatic event that was going to send him during that journey. Um, so I would say, in our big picture scheme, like the story. Um, movements we're doing are very much on track but the actual events a lot of those are surprising us yeah Yes. Well, one thing I, I kind of talked about briefly on the panel was that we have these like all these like families that are being created this year, and one of the families is going to be a brand new, very different Lee Tompkins, um, together with um, Ed Nigma. What? And Solomon Grundy, uh, who is Butch Cuisine, obviously. It could be because when Butch comes comes Solomon Grundy, he doesn't remember his former life. So when he runs into Enigma, he doesn't remember that he wants to rip his head off. And Ed, who has suffering the effects of being frozen for three months, uh, needs Grundy's help to get strong again. And the three of them form this kind of weird little family. Which would be fun. How does uh, Scarecrow fit into the overall film? He comes in at the very beginning of the season. Uh, Penguin has solidified his control upon Gotham and never, never before, you know, where he's kind of unionized crime. And Scarecrow comes in to basically to reintroduce fear into Gotham and to remind people that basically the dark is still scary out there. And he we really kind of fashioned, especially episode two, almost as a horror movie episode where we really get to see Scarecrow. I, I mean, I think he's a, a very, like, just purely terror. Like, it's, it's, we imagine, rather than the, all the other versions of Scarecrow that are out there, because there are a lot 
lot of different versions. What if you just really tell Scarecrow as a horror movie? Because he could be scary. So. There was an interview yeah. with Davi Mazals right before the finale. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, he's always going to be Batman to me, but uh, where he mentioned, oh, we'll be getting Harley Quinn in the season finale, and Reddit just exploded like, where was Harley Quinn in the finale? And people like, is she the little girl that Bruce saves? Did Barbara get electrocuted become Harley Quinn? Can yeah. you clear up this yeah, sure. no, that for the it. sake of Reddit? No, it was my fault, totally. Or what I had said in an earlier interview was that um, there will be a Harley Quinn-esque character, and I think the esque part got kind of like left off a little bit, because our feeling was that Barbara, in a lot of her insanity and larger-than-life qualities or theatricality, was kind of a lot of ways modeled along the the spirit of Harley Quinn, but it's not Harley Quinn, and we're not bringing in Harley Quinn. Thank goodness. Yeah. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> what about, uh, what about uh, Jerome? Is there a plan for... Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, what I will say about Jerome is Jerome is in Arkham right now, and when you think about Arkham's record of keeping people locked up, we will probably see him again before the end of the year. So. All right, guys. Anything else? Um, what can you tell us more about uh, Richard Gould and what he's doing um, well, when he, he plays in uh, to the idea, we, one of the, our sub our themes this year is this idea of family. And one of the reasons I wanted to bring, we wanted to bring in Raish was the fact that family and dynasty is one of his core driving, you know, uh, motivations. And so he comes in wanting to create this actual weird family with Bruce Wayne, but he's only going to want to create that family if he can make Bruce Wayne into the person he wants him to be. Because we have all these father figures for Bruce in the course of our show. We have Alfred being one, uh, Gordon being one, and now Rach will come in and it'll be a very different father figure for Bruce. So is Selena going to be getting mentored? Yeah, she she forms like a group with. Um, she really we really lean into the sirens of it all. And she forms like a family with um, Barbara and Tabitha and becomes much more the young Catwoman. Thank you guys. Thank you so much. Where to begin? Yeah, there is a lot to go over with this one. Uh. Okay. Uh, I appreciate you, you know. Like, like doing your due diligence and reacting when it when it called up. Not so much the Sophia Falcone thing, although that was funny. But like, yeah, oh, we're, there's, there's a very different Lee Tompkins, and she'll form a family with Solomon Grundy and the newly unfrozen. Oh, no, her, her her exact words were forms a relationship with like Nigma, which at, at the, when he said that. I thought he meant romantic relationship, and I realized okay, maybe he didn't mean it that way. How but that was still like I reacted. The only way I could, which was to <laughs> like say, like on the recording, that what that you hear, that's me. Like, <laughs> oh, I knew no, no other man could have done that. Oh, I know. Uh, I'm telling the podcast. Like, that was just like that wasn't a conscious thing. I did that. That, that was reflex because I reacted the only way that one could. Like, <laughs> um, that was amazing. I thought about this. There's a way that this could work. Which. Uh... It, and because there's a way that this could work, it probably means that they're going to go a completely different route. What I could see for Lee Tompkins and, like, teaming up with Nigma and Solomon Grundy is if it's an Ashley Kafka-type situation where, like, she's, like, ten... She's basically trying to, like, rehabilitate them because they're both, like, wounded. Like, apparently, like, Nigma's going to come out of Carbonite very, very, like, disoriented and his mind is, like, not going to be what it was. And, like, Solomon Grundy's going to be very amnesic. So, like, I wonder, is she going to be, like trying to like treat them and help them and like get them to not be evil like ashley kafka from spider-man style not amazing spider-man 2 the movie ashley kafka 
the like weird Nazi scientist. But I mean, like, you know, JMD Mateus in the 90s kidnapping Chameleon because like she is afraid that he's not getting the treatment that he should be getting at Ravencroft. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, that would be, that would work. It, it, it sounds like, it doesn't and that would sound be the like, most like Lee Tompkins thing that like she's ever done in the show. I really wonder if they know who Leslie Thompson is in the comics at this point. But like, cause, because I, <laughs> you know, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> They've proven that more than thrice. Because, like, because like that would be, I, I'll be down for that. But like, it does seem as though that you know, you know, they said you know, repeat the theme of families, and there are all these families. I wonder. That would that'd be a good dynamic, but I wonder if it's going to be just, <laughs> the just another mafia the Furious thing. Gotham style, like, <laughs> like, 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 like Edward. This is your chance for rehabilitation. Don't be a criminal. I must leave. I must become the Riddler once more. Okay, and then and like that's then she's about as effective helping them as she was with Gordon. <laughs> I must carry you alive. It's the only way. <laughs> uh, when you said like, "Don't become the riddle," I was just imagining like Sarah from Spider-Man the animated series. Like, <laughs> I have to get that money <laughs> with Butch chained up in the closet. Like, <laughs> you have to help Edward. Why on earth should I do that? They're gonna neogenic him or something. <laughs> We'll ever be normal again. You have to have hope and know that our love can take on anything. Uh, I really hope that it's not a romance. First of all, like, she hates him. Like, you know, she, like, slapped him in the face. Like, that's for Kristen, like, mere episodes ago. But, I mean, whatever. Lee's done a lot of When has continuity ever better than this show? (laughs) To be fair, it kind of has, but (laughs) I say kind. Okay, so there's that. Um, I take him the task about Bruce Clone, and he's like, this was actually, they grew this clone knowing that they'd have to, like, switch him with Bruce. Like, so this means that, like, I guess Hugo Strange and the Court of Owls, like, have been planning this for, like, I don't know when they grew this Bruce Lane clone, but I would assume, like, at the er, at, at the latest, at the very latest, it would be sometime in the middle of season two. So, like, for some reason, even back then, the Court of Owls knew that, like, Bruce Wayne and the League of Assassins, like, knew that, like, they needed a copy of Bruce Wayne Did they need for a copy? this. Because, well, because was, was, the, was the plan for that clone to, like, have him be trained by the shaman? The plan was is that the clone would take Bruce's place so that Bruce can be trained by the shaman. And for that right, to happen... Again, this, was, this was all very unclear on the show, but, like, this way Bruce can go missing without anyone being the wiser. Well, the, well, the truest thing he said was, you know, we don't have a plan. <laughs> well, it's funny because... When we interviewed them after season one, like um, I guess this would have been 2015 Comic Con, I do remember um, it, it, it was him and uh, and Kellerman or uh, Drew Powell. No, no, no. It, it, it was it was John. St- he was with somebody else because this is it, it was the interview where I asked them when Gordon was going to get a house, and they said, "Well, Bruno Heller." It. Yeah, Bruno Heller. Like, and they said that like they had like a plan mapped out for like years. So either they were lying then, or they're lying now. Or actually, th- th- there's another. I mean. They, they, they could be telling the truth both times, but, like, the plan could be a very, very, like, loose plan and not, like, an episode-by-episode episode plan, but... <sighs> the Court of Owls, like, <laughs> grew a living... Hu- They've mastered cloning, and they used it to, like, have a spare Bruce Wayne for this plan that, like, they may or may not do a yearly... Because even Catherine was, like, voting, like, are we gonna, like, nuke the city or not? All right, then it's decided. It- who, who, who was involved with cloning in Batman comics? There's gotta be somebody. Let me think. Poison Ivy, sort of, but that's more like kind of a monstrous thing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, clones is kind of like a Superman thing and, and a Spider-Man thing, obviously. Uh, obviously, so yes. 
I mean, I, I mean, yeah, clone. I don't really think of clones. I think of Batman stories. I mean, the, there's obviously been Batman stories with clones, but it's not very common. So, right. <sighs> All right. Uh, that, 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 that was weird. Um, this is this is the, the, like like I guess Barbara and Tabitha are, are getting back together. Well, uh, and Aaron Richards and Jessica Lucas both talk about that more. But yeah, like you know, they're going to be one of the families. So I guess. Babs and Tabs, you know, uh, together. Which I, I had less of a reaction to that than, like, you know. I, I did laugh out loud when he said we're going to have a Sophia Falcone. And I'm just thinking, like, another Falcone for Gordon to, like, you know, make the life miserable of and eventually murder. Even though he's really only killed one Falcone, but just, like, after all the Falcone is a weak old man stuff and killing Mario, like, here we have a third Falcone to give, like, our podcast a bunch of memes and for Gordon to, like, you know. I know. They have no idea what they're doing. <laughs> Yeah, no, like, we're gonna have so much. I, I I joke too that like they should just have the actor who played Mario come back on, but like you know, Kristen Kringle style, and just like wear a wig and like I am Sophia Falcone. Like, <laughs> pleased to meet you. <laughs> I'm sure this will be the beginning of a beautiful friend. What if Gordon and her sleep together? Because he kind of gets a new love interest every season. That that, that will that will I will be I will be thoroughly disgusted. <laughs> James Bond style, like <laughs> Gordon. That's my sister-in-law. Sorry, Lee. You're free to join us if you want. Uh, no, thanks. I'm in the middle of a, of a butch and Riddler sandwich. Or, or would that be his? At least this is Sophia, uh, the Falcone crime family. Um, For like a minute, is Sophia Mario's brother. Sophia's is Mario's sister. Okay, okay. Just making sure that wasn't like a cousin or aunt or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Sophia, Alberto, and Mario are like two brothers and a sister. Okay, yeah, and then Carmine's the dad, and wasn't there like and uh, no mother, and, yeah, yeah. But there, there, there was, there's like cousins and aunts, like like Aunt Vidi, and that, that that's what I was remembering. I was trying to get it yeah. all straight, and it confused me too because sometimes he's Falcone and sometimes he was the Roman. Yeah, the Roman was his, like his like street name. I I read I read those books like less than a year like when we were doing season three, so like it's much more fresh in my memory now. Um, so. After we recorded that live call-in show, I was checking Reddit to see, like, what people were having to say. And Gotham has a subreddit, and good lord, every single topic was, like, about Harley Quinn, Harley Quinn, Harley Quinn. Like, was the little girl that Bruce saved at the end Harley Quinn? Did Barbara turn into Harley Quinn? Did the, like, you know, when she got electrocuted? Because for some reason, electricity makes you Harley Quinn, I guess. Um, you know, these people don't know the comics. <laughs> and and then like, was Lee Harley Quinn? Is Gordon Harley Quinn? Are we all Harley Quinn? Like, it, it, are we all? Harley Quinn? <laughs> I'm not even joking. It, it was like You're not even joking. <laughs> it was like a comic. Like I showed Don these topics. Like there was like you five did. topics a day. Like guessing who Harley. The Quinn entire was. first page was like Harley Quinn topics. Yeah, and, and and it was like that for weeks afterwards. So like, I was like, I'm setting the score straight right now. And you know, and he said no. Like the there wasn't Harley Quinn. Like Barbara was a Harley Quinn esque character, which uh, I, you know, I, I could kind of see. I, I don't know. Uh, if I, could, but, you know I, I, I see where he's going with that. Like, fair enough. It answered the question. And um, other people who were at the table, like, either pulled that quote from like another reporter because, like, um, because, like I said, there there was other people there. So before I even got a chance to write about it, like, this was on like websites, like uh, I forget the websites, but it was on some like pretty big websites. And I was like, hey, they're using the question that I asked him, you know, and the quote that he said to me, like this was all over the internet, and it was posted on the Gotham Reddit. And every time, Gotham subreddit, yeah, every time I post something newsworthy on the Gotham subreddit, they accuse me or the person who I spoke to of lying. So when that happened, they're like. Oh no, he's lying. 
because Davi said, like, you know, that there was going to be Harley. So there's going to be Harley. I remember this. And then, like, it was like, are you serious? You think that the showrunner is lying about his own show and that Davi, like, like, you know, like, knows more about the show. Than, because, like, someone even, like, reported back to them, like, not me, but someone else replied back to them saying, like, Davi doesn't write the show. Like, and, like, and it's, I don't even know if he said that there'd be a Harley or, like, or if he said Harley-like character. Like, he said, we'll see the beginning of Harley Quinn, something like that. But, you know, like, these people will read what they want to read because the same thing happened again where, like, I, I posted something from the Barbara Keen interview where I'm getting a little ahead of myself, and they like, and they also said the same thing too, like, oh, she she's mistaken, or like, or, or oh, like she's lying because like you know they said this in this interview, so Barbara's lying, like Aaron Richards is lying right here. It's like Gotham subreddit, like they they will twist the facts, and maybe I'm turning off a portion of our audience if they're like members of that like form subreddit. I know that not all of you are insane, but there's members of that subreddit that like. Will twist facts to fit their theories, and that and that was well, one of them. The, thing, the, 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 the central core of this part is that it's a yearning for Harley Quinn to be on the show, and this kind of relates to like our Batman and Harley interview with Bruce Tim because he talked about how the Harley uh, popularity has blown up. That he, well, he he, had, he wasn't fully aware of it until kind of just one day he was he was aware of it, and like we we know about it because you know we're on the fan side. I, I feel that, like, you and I, even today, don't really fathom how popular she really is, to the point where there, people are just, like, they just demand for her to be on the show in a way which would be utterly un- ineligible. I say ineligible. To the way when the showrunner says, I made a mistake, when I, I, I misspoke or I was misquoted, and they're saying, no, he's lying. Like, <laughs> yeah. why would he lie? Like, for what purpose? Like, <sighs> I mean, also, I mean, and if he's if he is like being sneaky and lying, like it's it. I'm sorry, but it's, it's Harley Quinn. Like you know, we already have Joker and the League, the, the Court of Owls and Rachel Ghoul on the show. Like, why not say? Because he told us when Mister Freeze is coming on the show two years ago, he told us that. So like, why yeah. and Asriel? <laughs> so so, so uh, yeah. So, so like, why would he be different with her when she has nothing to do with anything? Uh, anything else from that interview? <laughs> Um, just that, like, I, I think I think I mentioned it. Like, like, I guess the sirens will get a new hideout, which I, I like their old hideout. Whatever. Yeah, Barbara kind of like switches sets every season because there was that um, like apartment with like did it have a clock tower? Am I remembering wrong? But like, it, it, she, she <laughs> had to have a clock tower. <laughs> I don't know, but like she she had this like apartment with like a winding staircase, which became like Galavan's headquarters the next season, and then like. uh and then, like, this last year, she had the nightclub. It's like, they can't hold on to a set for more than a season. Uh, they're always True. redecker. Uh, I mean, I have seen Barbara's apartment, like, as a few different sets, because I always recognize those winding staircases, um, like, when, whenever they reuse it. And, and I guess, like, Barbara's parents' mansion has been reused a bunch of times. It was also, like, Falcone's house and, like, other people's house. And so, um, so who who's next on the list? Next we have Riddle These Questions. <laughs> ah, so that's obviously the interview with um, um, Aaron Richards, of course. But of course, let's hear her British accent now. So in the first few episodes, or are you revived quickly, or what's no, going I mean, on? I don't do much in the first few episodes. I'm, I'm frozen until someone gets me on. Did you still have to show up on set and just, like, stand there like this? Yes. Uh, I, however, made a request that uh, they have a stand-in for me so I didn't always have to be there. Um, I was working on two other projects as well, so I was finishing those while we were starting the season, so I was able to do that. You mentioned uh, the panel that his body kind of falls out, but his mind doesn't. 
yeah. um, what kind of changes to his thought process will we see after? Um, you know, we, we, we play a lot with uh, Edward having identity issues, and so this is just another identity crisis for him. His mind isn't functioning at the level that it was. Uh, whether that can be cured or fixed, he doesn't know, but he just, his computation is... Uh, is not as it was. So what does that make him now? The thing that he had was his intelligence um, and his ability to trick people and outsmart people. And so he doesn't have that anymore. So what is there? So he goes on a, a new quest. Uh, I'm really happy because it allows for a little more comedy. Some of the old comedy that we had with, with Ed, uh, I think we, we get to find again. Some of his... Um, physical and mental ineptitude is, is back, so I, I'm, ha- I'm going to have fun flirting with that a little bit. Uh, Stevens mentioned that um, Nigma and Lee Tompkins were going to be mm-hmm. kind of in a relationship. Is this a romantic relationship? Or... I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that was super convincing. It, so, so it's another riddle. Maybe. <laughs> I really don't know. <laughs> he said that they were building a different kind of family. His family is a theme this season. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm very excited. I essentially, you know, Lee, Lee, Dar- you know, uh, evilly or darkly is is a new character, and um, Solomon Grundy is certainly a new character. So I get to meet two new people and interact with them. So I've, I'm I'm very excited about that. It's like new beginnings. You know, every time every time a character gets to, and I, I guess I should speak for myself. Every time Edward meets a new character and interacts with them and, and grows a kinship with them he changes significantly uh, and so I'm really excited to just see what organically happens when I'm dealing with uh, the, the buffoon of Solomon Grundy just like the physical power uh, but the idiocy and then someone like Lee who at this point uh, is just an entirely different human being and I'm such a fan of Morena and all the stuff that I've done with her in the past has been so fun uh, that I, I'm really excited to work with her again I just think she's a really smart actress so I'm excited about that so it wasn't frustrating to as soon as you became full thriller mode to kind of... Uh, no, it's always fun to have something to work against, you know? Uh, and I, I think something that this show does that I I enjoy so much is they make really bold choices um, that you you just say as an actor, I love it, I don't know exactly where we're going to go, and that's cool. You know, it's kind of like what I was saying in the panel if you were there. It's been such a joy to be a different human from season one to season two. And it's happened because we made a you know we made a pact. Hey, you give me events and I will respond to them. And I, you give me major events and I will make major adjustments to a character. You know, allow them to be severely affected uh, by their environments and by by the other characters. And then we end up discovering something new together. You know, they're very great at adapting to what they see from the work. You know, Kristen Pringle was initially meant to be a two-episode character, but my interaction with her was so uh, magnetic and so interesting that they're like, oh, this is the key. This is one of our keys. So it's very exciting to know that I haven't even met Solomon Grundy yet or Lee Tompkins, and so I don't know how I'm going to respond to them. And that will, you know, when they start seeing seeing those dailies come back, the actual, uh, the actual filming of it. 
they'll they'll make adjustments. We'll find that that chemistry and that humor and whatnot as we roll along. Did you know last season that you were going to be put on ice? Where you were? I was no, I was I was aware of it. Okay. Uh, they, they usually yeah they usually tell me these big things. You know, so when they said we're going to freeze you, I was like, so should I start looking for other work or <laughs> like is this is this like a six month? period where I'm available or they're like no 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 not that long but it has been nice because I I was able to do uh, three other projects during hiatus because I had a late start which is nice. Is revenge going to be motivating this um, I think there you know there is there's residual revenge with Penguin uh, that will I think incite us finding each other physically but the idea is not for season four to be at all my story is not going to be mainly influenced or inspired by a revenge plot that was so much of the latter half of season three that it's it's over you know it's tired so that there's there's the residual want to end him physically but uh, but that's that's merely going to be an impetus to get us together and then you know as as things happen in in Gotham people have needs and wants and sometimes you find alliances and sometimes you don't or sometimes you make pacts and you're like steer clear and I won't hurt you so whatever that may be um, but yeah so what is my new favorite shoot to shoot I'm sorry what is my new favorite shoot to shoot ever yeah or in Gotham <laughs> no but I mean it, of all three plus seasons yeah um there's so many uh the first time I killed someone was really exciting because it felt like an unlocking uh for Edward um I really really enjoyed shooting uh my scene with James Gordon um in my apartment where he had the tape and we were like cleaning the tape uh and I like shoot him in the chair it was episode 17 of uh, season 2 um I have to nominate the scene on the dock where you shot Penguin this last Yeah, that's it. That's that was a very powerful scene. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, no, that was another one. The, 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 something that was amazing about that, the two big dock scenes that we have, You, if you look at that on screen, you're like, oh, they must have shot that in the same day because the weather was the exact same. <laughs> and we didn't CGI any of that stuff. Both days we showed up to shoot that scene were horrifically cold, overcast, and it was raining during the scene. Both days. And the whole idea that second time we go back, I wanted to recreate that day. And it just happened that the day we shot that scene, the weather was the exact same, and I was like, yes! It's just so, like, perfect. You're like, it just was one of those things where you're like, Edward would celebrate this. Like, even the weather is the same. Thank you, guys. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. All right, so that was Corey Michael Smith as Zebra Neighborhood the Slash the Riddler, and he got into basically like, like like I guess he knew for much of the season that he was going to end up as, as a block of ice. Uh, it was interesting hearing that like uh, that uh, he wanted the the second scene of the Dogs with the Penguin to be, kind of be the same as there was earlier in the season. And well, which was like the theme of it, because that's what Penguin says to him. He's like, I knew you would take me here because you have to do everything like, you know, OCD and it has to all be the same. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, he didn't get too much into like like because because he said he didn't know what the relationship. It doesn't was. sound like they filmed a lot, like where he's unfrozen. And right. and Ben was kind of playing this gotcha game with like some of the people we were interviewing because he was trying to like ask ask like kind of like Trojan horse questions to some of the people where they would like to get them to reveal when Ed would be unfrozen. And I was like screening like you know his questions because like he wanted to say to Jessica Lucas like when Ed gets unfrozen in season one how does Tabitha react and I said you can't say that but like <laughs> but like <laughs> but like if Jessica Lucas says oh well it'll be he's like okay so he gets unfrozen in like episode. He was, like, working out based on, like, um, in between, like, when the people were coming and going. He was, like, trying to work out based on, like, what Corey Michael Smith and, like, John Stevens and other people were saying, like, when Ed gets unfrozen. But um, it sounds like they've only filmed, like, maybe two episodes of the season at the time that they were doing this. Because um, I also heard the panel, like, they said something like that. But um, I'm going to play devil's advocate again. And I could be proven horribly wrong, and I'm probably going to be proven horribly wrong. But when he says evil and darkly... Yeah, he could he could just be guessing because it doesn't sound like, you know, from his reaction, like, I don't know if it's going to be romantic. He might not know what what Lee's deal is because he hasn't filmed any like of those episodes or scenes with her yet. So well, there's, Lee, a, there's implication. So, for him I, I it still up. might be right that she's going to be a doctor this season and not, you know, a supervillain. I really hope I'm right. <laughs> well, I feel that like, he, like, like evil slash dark Lee, like is a, is a new character that we brought back. It's like, are, are we seeing that again? Yeah, and again, that could be him just guessing because he doesn't know what his interaction with her is. So maybe she's not evil. There. I'm really hoping that's the case. We, we're going to listen to this podcast episode like halfway through the season four and just cringe. <laughs> I can't believe that Lee and Raz Al Ghul like teamed up to blow up the world. We'll like, have to do a Earth. podcast episode where we hear our conjecture and then come back on the, and, 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 and like make comments on it. <laughs> I want to go back and listen to like some of our season one episodes, like we did with Jan. Like I listened to the episode that we did on the pilot um, a few months ago, and it was, it was deliciously like funny. Some of the comments we were making, and like, <laughs> did you? Uh, did you? I know we're going to get into race later, but did you go in like the Facebook Live thing that I invited you? In? I, I I went on it for like a few minutes. I was doing Uber and like taking care of some stuff, but like yeah, I saw the beginning of it. You know, like a there there was a comment that stayed up there. It says, "When is when is it we're going to see Harvey Dent?" <laughs> I kid you not. <laughs> he and he and Renee Montoya, Christmas Allen, are like, exactly. <laughs> if I, I I am going to New York Comic Con, and if there's a Gotham Press thing, and 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 I'm there, like I will ask the producers, like you know, can we get an episode where like Gordon, like you know, goes to the basement of GCBD and sees the skeletons of like Allen and Montoya and Harvey Dent, like. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yes. that's where they've been. <laughs> La- lazy on the job when we need the most. Ah, get up, Harvey. We got work to do. Like, <laughs> um, we have Tigress, Barbara, and Rachel. Uh, is, is there anything else to talk about with that Edward name? With me, I mean, it was interesting to hear him talk about the um, uh, the symmetry with um, the scene at the dock. Like, and and I didn't realize that like Kristen Kringle was only supposed to be like a two episode character, but that does make sense because like. Not that I was like super surprised to see her again, but like, well, her well, her storyline stretched out so long because like she was she didn't die till season two, so I'm, I'm like, so was she going to die in episode two or what? Well, no, 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 like because the first few times you saw her, like you even complained about this on the podcast, like she would show up and like you know, and then and then would be like, oh, Kristen, you know, one is a door and not a door. Oh, get away from me, you know, and then she'd like go to like douchey cop boyfriend, like, oh, can you believe this guy, like. 
And it was kind of like that for, like, maybe two episodes or something. And then, like, they started getting to, to which, which makes me wonder, if she wasn't, like, part of their long-term plan, because she was very instrumental in, like, Nygma's turn to the dark side, I wonder, like, how they would have eventually done that. But that's good, that's I good think, point. But I think we know now, like, and I think we knew then, too, like, Dustin even said this, that, um, season one was supposed to be, like, it was supposed to, like, end with Lovecraft. So, like, when they had to write those, that second half of the season, that was when we... Because yeah, we, we didn't really they, get into Enigma until the second half of season one. Yeah, the second half of season one is, is I think, when, like, he and Kristen Kringle became more than just, like, you know, uh, for friend. I, I don't think that they officially hooked up till season two, but I remember, like... See, the end of season one is when she's, like, warming to him, and that's also when uh, he kills uh, Doherty or whatever that guy's name was. That was in uh, season, fina- season one that, finale. The, yeah, the, it wasn't the finale, but it was, like, right before the finale. Because uh, the finale is when he, like, talks to himself in the mirror because he uh, he, he left those clues. So, right. That was interesting. Uh, is it Jessica Lucas next? Yes. Okay, all right. Okie <laughs> dokie. <laughs> Which I, I kept on teasing Don about missing this one because he's had a not so secret crush here for so long. Oh, I, I started but, walking through the hall and it was like in slow motion, like it was like they were down the hallway of Riverdale. In the <laughs> she was you you seen her go in slow motion, then all of a sudden you hear like amateurs in a British accent, like Jessica, hurry up! Why are you walking so slowly? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Aaron. I just I'm just, I'm just gratuitously showing Donovan Moore Grant what he's missing by leaving this room. Because because I, when I was when I was asked to like you know I wasn't they, they didn't tell me to go away but like I left I did kind of like almost pass them uh, they were on their way up and I was on my way I was like oh but here here she is they, they're usually good about taking selfies with people on the way out. We're just starting. Uh, we're just starting to establish that storyline. Um, when we pick up in season four, it's been three months. Three months have passed, and so um, the assumption is that that relationship has sort of already been developing in between the seasons. Uh, and so we pick up, and she's teaching her. But they have a very sort of um, they're fun with each other, but she's also really hard on Selena. I would say, you know, she's not really that maternal by nature. Like, she's a hard time expressing her emotions in a way that isn't harsh, I think. Uh, and so that's, that's that's kind of their dynamic. It's like big sister, little sister, maybe almost like dad and and daughter, you know? Like, there's a t- there's a quite a toughness there. Uh, as well as a teaching relationship. So being a mentor won't soften her. Not yet. Okay. Not yet. But we'll see. I've been yeah. seeing a lot of babs and tabs on social media stuff, you know, like uh, you and Aaron Richards together at the cons. Um, now that's off screen, but on screen, is there any hope of a reconciliation? Because it <laughs> wasn't looking good in that season finale. Oh well, yeah, she killed, Barbara killed Bush, so. <laughs> she's, yeah. yeah, and, and, and top of the things that Barbara's dead, and clearly, as you know, by seeing Aaron here today, she's not. Uh, and so that will be equally shocking and upsetting for Tabitha. Um, and but Tabitha's in this world and she has no allies. You know, she has no friends. Um, so, you know, the question of maybe I need to trust this person again just to purely survive in Gotham. And she also has, Barbara has a very strong pull over Tabitha. So I think it's going to be hard for her to just wipe her hands. I'm sure that relationship will evolve into something new. Yeah. So how will Enigma's Atonin episode 
Enigma? Did Enigma's return affect affect you? Um, again, not. Uh, we haven't really explored that yet. I'm not sure. I mean, she'll still always hold a grudge against him because he cut off her hand. Um, but I think they're probably going to be in very different worlds this year. Enigma's going to be a part of uh, a different uh, group in the Narrows, and Tabitha's going to be over here with Selena and Barbara. So I don't know that they'll interact much. We'll have to see. Yet. I'm not sure what the writers have in store yet. So will there be a lot of different storylines where you won't get to connect with characters that you normally would have worked with? Yeah, I think I think Gotham and the world always operates in that way in a sense. Um, and I didn't realize this, but on the panel, John had talked a lot about sort of different families that are going to exist within the world of Gotham this season. So uh, I don't know. I, I'm not sure what they have in mind. They're, they always are really smart and clever about finding ways to make the characters interact in unexpected ways. So I'm sure that will still happen as well. Yes. Yeah, I mean, the idea was always to evolve her into Tigress, and I don't know when that's going to happen or if that's still the plan. I'm not sure. I think it is. Uh, so I assume whenever that happens, that she'll be much more involved in the stunt world. And now that she's teaching Selena, you know. <laughs> Um, have you interacted with any of the new, the new villains that are being introduced this season, like Scarecrow or Grundy? Not yet. I mean, we've really only shot like two episodes, so uh, it's a little early. But um, but I think I, I would assume she will have some interaction with the race because well, I can't tell you why, I guess. But, but I, I think probably, yeah. But not Scarecrow. I think that's that's in a different world. That's sort of more in the Jim Gordon GCP world. Yeah. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Uh, she talks about how uh, she and Selena have a rapport, but there are times where she's harsh on her because she ain't no mother. Um, which, 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 which sounds right. That doesn't sound crazy. One thing that she said, which like goes back to what uh, John Stevens said too about the whole like we're going to be getting different families in different places. I'm going to be honest, that's made me nervous, not because of how the people are paired up, but because one of our criticisms of, like, season one was that, like, you know, it it, it was like separate universes. We would, like, cut to, like, you know, Fish's Nightclub, where, like, her and Butch would be saying, Falcone's a weak old man. Then, like, cut to GCBD, where there'd be a separate plot. Then cut to, like, Alfred and Bruce having their own plot. Then, like, cut to, you know, like, cut to, like, Maroney's, like, pizzeria or, like, whatever it was, you know, and, like, stuff... It, there was all these separate worlds that were rarely ever, like, intersecting. And then it got worse where, like, you know, we had, like, we'd spend, like, 50% of an episode on, like, Dollmaker Island. And one thing that we were really liked about Season 2, like, we said, like, we liked that, like, they were having characters interact that, like, had previously not interacted before. Like, it felt like everyone was in the same world. Like, you know, uh, we finally had, like, you know, Lee interact with Bruce and Alfred at that magic show and, like, stuff like that. <laughs> and uh yeah, and then never again. But oh, <laughs> 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 uh, well, no, she did give him therapy in the episode. But you get what I'm saying. It's uh, right. They there was more cohesion with like different people intersecting as opposed to like each being. A, so I'm worried about us going back to that. Oh. Uh, you, I, I just know that like we in in season two when we finally had like more people interact, it it strengthened the show, and that was one thing you know. That we liked when we had, like, these people... Like, I loved in season two when we had, like, Riddler and Penguin, like, actually, like, share scenes. Because remember, like, that was, like, 
they only interacted once in season one. I don't know if you remember that. <laughs> and like, now they're lovers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and, and enemies, which, uh, you know, one, one thing I like that Nameless, Corey Michael Smith said, is like, they're not going to do the whole revenge plot again because at this point it's tired. Um, so. Yeah, I just feel, feel uh, except for saying, like, 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 I guess it is, they say the show is exciting to work on. I'm sure this, it's a fun show to work on, but like, they do, they do feel very upfront with like, the story conventions, like you know, we don't we don't want to repeat ourselves. We don't want to get things have things get too boring. Yeah, um, so that's always good. Uh, she was and she was really sweet to Ben. Like that bye that she does at the end. That's like her, like you know, like touching his shoulder as like she goes by, like bye. And then like uh, she took a picture with him and like Drew Pal and Cameron Ucondova, like before we like left the room and like. It was very weird because I was like, I was watching this like you know, eleven year old boy get like flirted with by like both of them because she's like, oh, he was he was such a great interviewer, and then Cameron Bikindo was like, no fair, I didn't get to interview with him, and then like, <laughs> and then Drew Powell's just like sitting in the back like, yup, which uh, <laughs> as Butch always does. <laughs> okay, boss. <laughs> and, and I was thinking, I was like, <laughs> if Don ever wanted to switch bodies with an eleven-year-old boy, that would be the time. Like, <laughs> oh, uh, freak out! <laughs> uh, 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 and then, funnily enough, too, like later on, like during the interviews, I guess Drew Powell like had hit every single table for some reason. He didn't hard, but like, um, he, they didn't have anywhere to put him, so he was just kind of like sitting down in a corner and. Um, and like Jessica Lucas like sat down next to him and like and like it was while we were interviewing like Aaron Richards and a few other people. They were just like sitting there chatting. I was like, Aw, Tabitha and Butch, like, you know, in real life are friends just like they are in the show. I mean <laughs> uh, I know the whole whenever a cast of a show says we're a family kind of thing, not ninety percent of the time that's BS. It, I mean, these 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 actors do seem to be continuously. It breaks my heart that Lucy and Ethel hated each other. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and Drake and Josh don't, don't even talk now. Oh. <laughs> Drake was not invited to Josh's wedding. <laughs> I, I, I passed by Drake Bella at Comic Con uh, on on the con floor. I walked by, <laughs> and then you said I was invited to Josh's wedding, and then, and then it cut to like you walking out with a black eye. Like, <laughs> I don't know what happened. We were getting along so well. <laughs> uh, but anyway, you, you you were saying like ninety percent of the time it's BS. Yeah, ninety percent of the time, whenever a cast says, you know, oh, we're like a family, we live with each other, like, like that's just like PR crap. But it does genuinely seem that this cast not only loves doing the show, but like they do. Like I remember seeing a picture of like Gabby Mazzano's Twitter. Where like some of the cast members went out with him to see the premiere of his like horror movie that he was in, and that was during their like kind of off break. So, like, that reminds me of the episode of The Office he was on. <laughs> yeah, but um, it, it, it's it's I I kind I, I buy that these guys all like doing the show and, and really like each other, so that's always kind of fun to see. Okay, yeah. Uh, so who's next? It's, 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 the, Aaron, it's right? Tabs. Or, I'm sorry, it's Babs. Uh, <laughs> Barbara Keen. And, and who's the... Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and then after her, it's uh, it's uh, Sadig, right? Yeah, that's it. Okay, okay. I was about to say, like, I was I was wondering, like, how many... What, what was coming in? Okay, yeah. So Aaron Richards, who showed up, like, which... This was another thing, too. Like I said, I spent the summer trying to figure out if she was alive or not, and... Um, <laughs> the actress? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as as we were getting closer and closer to the convention, I was convinced that, that, that she was coming back, just based on, like, little things, like... People were saying on like because there was like no mention on social media like goodbye Gotham or anything like that, and then at one point like people were like, well, she's in New York, you know, like uh, you know, and she's tagged in the Instagram photos for like the show, so it was like, okay, she's probably in the absence of any like fanfare of her leaving, and then like 
just like not a lot of fanfare for her filming, but just like them casually mentioning it. And then like you texted me, you know, um, like, okay, um, she and Jessica Lucas are taking Babs and Tabs pictures together at the con. So she's alive. So, uh, uh, this was an interesting interview for a few reasons. So let's go ahead and get into it. Yeah, I'm on Instagram now. There's a, there's this picture of her like in a in a spaceman suit for some reason. <laughs> but anyways, uh, yeah, well, let's, let's... that's like some independent movie she's doing. <laughs> yeah, they can't keep busy all, whenever they're not doing this show. But here's here's Aaron Richards. You look gorgeous. So in an interview um, a few months ago, um, you mentioned that Barbara was going to be going to Transformation, where you said that you would have to read more comic books. Can you tell us uh, what that was all about? (laughs) Um, So, yeah, she was uh, changing at the end of the last season, and we had some ideas about who she could change into, and then we decided that it would be better that she just remains herself. Okay. Was it Harley Quinn? No. Oh. No, it was a different character. That we still we've taken elements of that character, um, but it, it the version of Barbara that we have is kind of more evolved than the character that we had in mind, and the elements of that character that were a little bit less kind of worldly. It's kind of I don't really want to say who it is because I'm not going to be her, but. Um, it was a little restrictive. That that idea of that character was going to be too restrictive with what we wanted Barbara to be. Is the look that we see now, is that going to be your new look yes. on the show? Yeah. How are you liking your new look? I like it. Yeah, thank you. It took a bit of getting used to. I'm sure everybody like knows when you do a big drastic hair change, it's always like, oh God, none of my clothes look good with this. Like, I don't know how to work it. I don't know what products to use. So there's always uh, that. But I've been through that, you know, two, three week phase and now I'm into like knowing a bit more about how I can manage it. So yeah, I'm enjoying it. John said that the season coming up is going to be a lot of family like yeah how do you finish that so our family is me selena and tabitha and we're forming a like a female family a female group where we are kind of a, like a mother father figure to her as well as kind of older sisters and mentors and i think that's a really nice um to be having quite a new aspect in Gotham because we haven't seen that 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 thing of women nurturing women because it's, all, it's quite a male energy Gotham you know fighting and men men running it men you know so it's going to be really nice to see both the rise of us in a power sense and also the inner dynamics of us bringing up a a girl into being a woman. So what has been your favorite episode of Gotham to shoot? To watch or to shoot? Um, my favorite was actually the final episode of the third season, which is the one where me and Tabitha had that big fight and then she killed me at the end. Because <laughs> Jess and I really love working together and I love fighting. So it was like a chance for both of us to have a lot of stuff, a lot of really good emotional stuff between the two characters and then a huge fight scene at the same time. So it was like, I got everything in one. Is there going to be any any um, negative effects on your mental health with other people? So 
Um, actually, it's a positive effect that it has. Um, I, I haven't, this is the first time I've thought about this, but she's electrocuted and then she becomes much more calm. And I wonder if it's a little bit like electric shock therapy, which I shouldn't be like condoning because it's a terrible thing. But I, I wonder if, yeah, maybe she's been like slightly, the crazy got like frazzled out of her. So when she comes back, she's going to be like a much more zen version of herself. She's going to be doing a lot of martial arts because Rachel um, took her and trained her in that way. So she's going to be um, clearer, calmer, and with more intention. Do we see that part? Do we see you getting trained? No, you'll see the outcome. You'll see me being, you know, I, I, I have been trained. Um, you'll, you'll see one little thing where it's almost like a training battle, but it's not It's not like a training montage, the one that everyone loves. I love a training montage. always wanted to be part of one. So essentially this is like your third resurrection. Yeah. Isn't it kind of cool that the same show you can't play? Like, yeah, yeah. Characters? I've been really lucky to have this development in her, like basically play four different characters characters each year, you know, as in a different character each of the four years. So it keeps me, it keeps it fresh for me, it keeps the character interesting and evolving and really, everyone has it, you know, everyone, all the characters evolve so much um, that it's a testament to our incredible writers and showrunners and producers that they can keep making it interesting for us and also for the viewers to see these people change. And it's just like life, I mean, God, from like, whatever, from 10 all the way through to 40, 50, you know, I think just people change constantly and you look back on who you were 10 years ago and it's like a whole, a whole different person so it's just reflecting what is real were you warned that you were coming back when you got to die yeah <laughs> thankfully yeah it's <laughs> like so my biggest fear to open it and, like, and then she dies <laughs> oh they killed me off now the answer seems obvious but I gotta ask has the ship sailed on you having a little baby Batgirl with uh, Jim I don't think so we spoke about it in the panel today um, I think it's still possible. I think this version of Barbara that we'll see will actually be the most surprising to Jim as a development because it's probably pulling aspects of her from the first season and second and third, but I think he might sort of be quite taken aback by who she's become and not necessarily in a bad way. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. All right, let's do this. <laughs> we made a lot of jokes about Barbara in season one. We never dreamed in a million years that she was going to become a disciple of Raz Al Ghul. Like, <laughs> I, 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 I feel that like all of our like joking of Gotham to, in sort of you know, kind of like say that will never happen has completely fallen like, like blown up in our faces. I say this all the time, but, like, you know, just, like, when we were talking about the show in season one, and we're like, huh, Barbara sure is Kermit the Frog Eyes. Isn't Lee Tompkins such a well-written character? And, like, the us from 2017, like, comes into DeLorean and says, Donald Trump will be president. Uh, Lee Tompkins is going to, like, release a virus that will, like, you know, make everyone in Gotham (laughs) evil. And, like, bury Jim Gordon alive. And Barbara Keene will become an evil murderer and disciple of Ra's al Ghul. (laughs) <laughs> you know, wait, which one? But wait, which one of us does Stella marry? Gotta go. <laughs> I, you know, 
I'm still I'm still relishing in my defeat from Rachel Gould being on this damn show. So I don't know why I'm I'm, I'm acting so like offended, but it is still I'm still processing this. Like because she, she said she said, it like, she said it like it was obvious. Well, she's going to be doing martial arts all over the place now that she's a disciple of Rachel Gould. <laughs> like, did we know that? Was what Very as a matter of fact. Well, the weird thing thing is too like it's like. She she doesn't say that like Tabitha wounded her. He does say killed her. So I'm wondering if like Raza Ghoul finds Barbara and puts her in the Lazarus pits. I guess as part of his plan to corrupt Bruce because maybe to get to Bruce through Gordon and to get to Gordon through Barbara. Like so I don't know. Like what 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 benefit does like how does Barbara Keen figure into his plans? Who knows? <laughs> how indeed. Uh, I mean, and I'll say this, and you and Jan, you know, or will be mad at me for it. But like, you know, I am glad that she's like still on the show. And there is that I've had that emotional attachment ever since that whole like Alan uh, Burnett or Brenner, Brenner, Brenner. Yeah, yeah, the, the Alan Brenner controversy before the show even began. When like I spent the summer like just researching Barbara Keene, and, uh, and 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 again, like she was she was such like a running joke of the first season of our show. Like, no matter what this character does, like. I just have this opinion there, and there is that part of my brain that, like, still kind of wants them to somehow get together and get married to restore canon. Like, and, and honestly, like, at the end of this last season, when she was, like, trying to, like, kill Jim and everything, and she's, like, a crime bust, I was thinking, like, yeah, that ship has sailed. Like, there's no way that they're ever going to get Barbara. And so I kind of asked that question almost as a novelty, just to, like, one thing I've learned about interviews is, like, sometimes you ask questions that you know the answer to already, but you ask them in order to, like, get a quote and in order to, like, right. you know, get them to, like, you know, say something that might reveal something else. So you, you, you do it for an interest. So I was really surprised about her, and she didn't have to think about it. She's like, I don't think so. Like, apparently Ben McKenzie said something at the panel, too. Like, you know, well, we do know that they have to get back together and have a baby. So, like... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how like I thought if it was going to happen it would have been at the end of season two when like she was kind of trying to redeem herself and she's like oh that coma from that wedding episode made me not evil anymore but then like she spent all of season three as evil so yeah I, I, I wish somebody would have asked her like you know why were you not evil at the end of season two but evil throughout all of season three I mean because Jim rejected her so she didn't care again I don't know so it's Party would like to see them back to, even though it would make no sense. And like, why would you? What is it? so? Would be interesting. I am intrigued by what she says, though. How, like, you know, she is going to be like someone who Jim might have a different reaction to. And I, I still do enjoy that character. Oh, and by the way, that quote about um, like you know, are you going to have a baby back or like is the ship sailed? I don't think so. That's another one that was reposted on a lot of sites. I think it was on like, Cinema Blend the other day. Like, huh, that's my question that everyone's, like, reporting on, right? Well, do, do, and, and do, do you know who she th- might, might uh, meet me when she said she was originally another character? That was going to be next discussion. And I wrote an article about that on TVU. Um, yeah, I'm curious about and, – and that also makes me wonder, the whole, like, Cyrus Gold thing with Butch. Would they I would love to know how, how, if that was planned or not. Well, if, like – because – if. If they were going to do that with Barbara, they're going to do that with Barbara and Butch, like in the same episode, like reveal that like both of them are like existing comic characters. Um, and if she's not going to be Barbara Keen, like you know, 
wife of Jim Gordon, mother of Barbara Gordon and James Gordon, and possibly Tony Gordon in some continuities. It, you know, I, I don't mind turning her into another character, depending on who the character was. I really won't know who it was. Uh, I'm going to try and make it my mission in the next year to, like, you know, get somebody to spill those beans, but, you know, that's out of my control. Uh, people online have been guessing. Some people have been guessing Livewire because, like, of the whole execution thing. But, you know, and someone said, well, we already have a Livewire on Girl. And I said, yeah, and we have a Ra's al Ghul on Arrow. Look what happens. So, you know, like... <laughs> I, 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 I mean, there's um, nothing I can I, do about it. I, I feel else, so helpless. Someone else gets Lady Shiva, which makes no sense at all. Especially oh. because she says that, like, it's it's a character who's not very worldly. So I was thinking, like, who isn't very worldly? And who would be, like, restricted? And i got to be honest, like, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on, like... Well, Batman only has, really, three major female characters, four if you count Batgirl, but like, you know, like, like, like Talia, Ivy, and Harley, or not sorry, Catwoman, Ivy, and Harley. Uh, Talia is sort of an adjacent to that. Batgirl is off limits. After that... Yeah, she, she, she could be a DCU villain or something. How uh, were they going to make her Stephanie Brown? Like, you know, like, I can't... No, this makes any sense. Yeah, so... There, there, there's a missing piece to the puzzle. But yeah, I... Uh, uh, that was a fun one. <laughs> I mean, and, uh, I, I, can't, I can't wait to like see it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and then it was um, uh, you're gonna say his name because I can't pronounce it. Or I, or I always pronounce it wrong. Alexander Sadiq. Now this is the longer. Actually, before I, before I go to that, I was on Ben McKenzie's uh, Instagram. Uh, apparently, he met Frank Miller, and he will be writing the fourth episode, not directing, but writing the script for the fourth episode. Of the season. <laughs> okay, so the episode begins. Gordon wakes up in bed, and three supermodels saying, Gordon, get back to bed. And he says, I can't. The city needs me. So, you know, he looks, he looks at his abs in the mirror, and he gets a call on the phone from Bullock. He says, and it's like, Gordon, we need you. You're the only one that can help stop this problem. He says, Mama, oh, hold on. If Bulk if Bulk's just calling him now, then why did he have to, you know, like leave the supermodels? I'll, I'll get to it. Okay, so Gordon <laughs> flies to the GCBD because well, Gordon can fly now. He found, a ma- he found a magical amulet. <laughs> <laughs> why is Vin McKenzie Gordon? <laughs> like the homeless god version. <laughs> and he... he, he, he and three wishes, and one of those wishes is Bruno Heller and Danny Cannon are like, do we have to let him do this? Yes, it's in his contract. He has to write at least one episode this season. Oh, God damn it. Can we at least say it was a dream at the end? Like, <laughs> like, it's, it's, like, it's, it's like a Michael Scarn movie. <laughs> and then Gordon makes out with Barbara and Lee and Valerie Vale, and uh, <laughs> and they all have a sexy beach party. The end. What do you think? <laughs> Best episode ever, am I right? <laughs> You're fired. <laughs> <laughs> Get Pat Hingle on the phone. He's dead. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, so, so here's Rache. Uh, okay, well, uh, let, let me preface the, the, the race thing, because um, <laughs> that, that this had to have been one of my favorite interviews from the convention, mostly because... Even though I can't say his name, and like I didn't realize, like all that Game of Thrones and Star Trek stuff he's been like Jan does, 
But I will say, I talked about like how having the kid at the press table sometimes like loosens up the actor. He was by far like the most loosened up like all of them. Like he and Ben were like legitimately like at one point like just like playing together. Where like you know it was like. He was, like, interacting with him on, like, a very, very, like, one-on-one basis, ignoring some of the other reporters at the table at times and, uh, you know, and made sure to, like, address him specifically at a few points. So that that, that, that really meant a lot to me. So which is one of, that was one of my favorite interviews of Comic-Con. So you can go ahead and play that one. Three? Nope, this is number two. Table two. Oh, okay. So, I, I mean, yes, 20, 24 in terms of light, line items today. In terms of what we've been up to, we've been going around the whole... Hello. Hello. You are a, the youngest journalist I've ever seen. The Lazarus Pit will do wonders. What's your name? Ben. ben. Sid. It's his birthday. Happy birthday. Thank you. Wow, fantastic. Brilliant. All right. So, listen up, kid. You're going to learn a lot. <laughs> I've always wanted to say that. What can you tease about the um, I'm amazed that John um, Stevens is so generous with the panel as he as generous with the panel as he was. I don't know if anyone was in there, but he was t- spilling what I thought were the beans on just about everything. Um, I will leave John to do that because he won't get fired. <laughs> but I, what I can tell you is, from my point of view, um, I am on a mission that has taken me over a thousand years uh, to make Batman my own to carve him in my own image to make him my heir Um, I know that Arthur is a fine upstanding citizen um, but Bruce needs more than the ability to learn how to make an exquisite napkin or centerpiece for a table which is pretty much all Arthur can teach him now he needs to learn how to fight look after himself uh, and it's not just a playground it's Gotham so everything is existential which I kind of like about Gotham every, every moment is life or death which is hectic but real not but real enough um, so I'm going to teach him how to fight and look after himself um, but that relationship is going to be really interesting because it's not going to be just a bad guy I don't think Rachel Gould will be just well he will be just a bad guy but I'm hoping to layer him up with a few interesting levels of coolness on my way will we be getting Italia? will I be what? or will we get an Italia? I don't even know what that means <laughs> oh that's your daughter <laughs> oh thank you congratulations hey, I had no idea I love I've got to give you a cigar I now I love like... her <laughs> um, so obviously <laughs> uh, I, was, I started reading unless some, you're a really good actor I, I started reading some of the stuff on the internet and I went after about 45 minutes I went this is so contradictory everybody has something else to say about something I'm stopping right there so I just went I'm going to work out from what the writers want what I'd like to do with it it's kind of my MO on pretty much every role Um, knowing that this is a kind of holy cow a sacred thing that I cannot afford to mess up for fans so given that I will be respectful but disrespectful and kick kick over a few bits of furniture which is kind of what Gotham does where Bruce is concerned is there going to be any you know serious conflict between you and Alfred I mean you're 
so hope so and I would be very disappointed if there isn't some serious rivalry for Bruce's affections which may tip over into physical contact <laughs> where I want to go with this yes which may end in Arthur's ending his story well if I have anything to do with it Arthur will exist no more I suspect I can't do that because this story has already been written however I'm going to do my damnedest to try and make it happen good job thank you I wasn't. I wasn't. Not because um, I didn't like Gotham, but because I'd never seen Gotham. Uh, I don't know if you're as spoiled as I am, but TV has become a world, of a candy store that is bigger than any candy store that has ever existed in my lifetime. And there is so much candy now when I go into that store that I don't know what to pick, and I need my friends to tell me what candy the good stuff is. And as I'd never been told that Gotham was a good thing, I didn't know it existed. So now I'm looking at it and I'm loving it. I saw I saw the second season, most of the second season. I saw the first three episodes of the first season. This is how I knit together my research. Very deep, very complex. Um, so now I, I really love it. I saw a teaser for the for the next season. I don't. Have you seen any of Gotham? Yeah, yeah, not a lot. How old are you? 11 today. Uh, 11. Okay, you're just... Season 3 wasn't on Netflix, so I couldn't catch up. Oh, wow. Time. Okay, that's pretty sophisticated. But I've some. Okay. I was going to say, you're just a little bit young, but what do I know? You're absolutely in the zone for Gotham. You can totally do Gotham. You don't mind the decapitations and all that stuff, but it's cool. They're all good. It's happening in the real world. Um, I'm unnecessary. Uh, anyway, let's move on to the next question. But did that answer your question? Yeah. Fantastic. Is race going to be... Um, does he feel like a full season four villain, or is he going to be there for a little while? Again? I think he's a full season four villain. Um, he may be missing for a little while, um, but that will be because they've got to do some other stuff with other people. Even though the audience won't be liking any of the other characters by the time we're halfway through the season. <laughs> that is, I just, that's what I'm told. I have no idea. Arrogance? Moi? <laughs> does he care about Bruce Wayne at all, or only as he plays that we become the it's a, it's a question of DNA. Do you ever read The Selfish Gene? No. It's a book which basically explains that genes have to survive come what may. Now, they, have, they can be nasty in order to do it, they can be nice in order to do it, but the whole point is to keep that gene alive. And whatever gene courses through Rahsal Ghul, Bruce is the perfect host for that gene. I'm not sure that love in that sense comes into it, but I reckon that with three or four hours with Bruce, we'll, Bruce will get to Resh. I don't think it'll be a one-way street. And I'm really looking forward to seeing how that relationship evolves. Um, I, I already know it's going to be pretty hectic. That's a word we use a lot in England. I don't know if we use it here. <laughs> hectic is, like, hectic. <laughs> Are they giving you, when you started, did they give you, like, a long-term plan? Do we know, we have an idea of where you're going? I heard today. I heard today... Up until today, I didn't know anything about it except for what I got in the, in the, in the scripts that I've got. And that's like four or five scenes so far. Today, John Stevens took me aside and said, right, this is what's going to happen. I had no idea. It's hectic. 
it's re- he's he is gonna I hope he is a super villain and will earn that title I hope that he the sheer sophistication of his villainy will be nothing's gonna compete with Penguin and you know those those they live in our hearts as like we love them I don't think you're gonna love Rachel Gould it's not going to be like that it's not going to be sentimental if I have anything to do with it how did you prepare to play this game? Um, it's pretty much the same way I prepare for every role um, I read up what I can until I get bored of reading up what I can because it's just people talking I know you get the gist I understand from the scripts what I get from the writers and I go right that's my that's my gold that's my awe and then I spend I usually spend when I was a kid this is a really weird annoying anecdotal story I'm sorry but when I was your age I used to go to bed every night and I used to think to myself what could I have done better today with my friends with my relationships what where was I nasty to someone I didn't, really didn't like or being unpleasant uh, and as I grew up that got more complicated so I still go to bed thinking about how I could have had a better day um, and when I get a role I use that time because I'm in the habit of using that time for me on a character so I will spend three quarters of an hour instead of reading a book or listening to the radio thinking about what I'm going to do with the character so and then I let that evolve how could Rush Al Ghul had a better day today? Well, tonight we'll find out. Uh, that last three quarters of an hour, I'll dedicate to Rachel Gould. Um, last night, I was trying to figure out what I would be saying today, which is kind of words like ambiguity and stuff, because I'd, I'd never put it into words before. I, it's easier not to. It's just easier to just get on stage and just do it and let people make up their own minds. You are much better telling me what I'm, what my character is than I am. <laughs> Frankly. <laughs> But we're forced into asking me, who is the least expert person at the table. Are you, uh, do you enjoy the, the villainy? I, I very rarely play it, weirdly. I used to play good guy. Yeah. Um, uh, and I usually die. Uh, I'm sure that's going to continue. Um, so, yes, I'm really looking forward to getting my teeth into this guy um, and finding the layers, you know, the, some of the things... This show is pretty sophisticated. This show is pretty good. Uh, the actors are a really high standard of acting. Um, so it's going to be a real challenge to come in and be... and not, not be poor, you know. Uh, especially with a character that everybody knows, at least within the fan world of Batman, which is, you know, not a minimal fan world. Um, it rivals the Star Trek world, for example. Um, I've got to get it right. I've got to try and get it right. At least to most people's, you know, within, within the scope of most people's agree. Oh, yeah, that's, that's pretty good. I'd like to do more than that. I'd like to knock their socks off. <laughs> but I'll settle for... Okay. He didn't disappoint. Could do better. Nightmares, nightmares. So, what's your favorite part about playing Rachel Wood? What paper are you from? I am. Well, I'm not exactly a paper. Okay, all right. Just saying, just saying. This is where it started. Nice. So what's the most what? What's your favorite part about playing Rachel Ghoul? My favorite part about playing Rachel Ghoul is the fact that he is really difficult to get to know. So you could meet me on the street and I will be your best friend. But later that night, 
I could get everybody else together and turn them against you and then I become a demon and I haunt your dreams and you will never wake up and then you look under the bed and that hand <laughs> is me <laughs> cool wow thank yeah. you thank you thank you guys thanks very much thanks for giving me just kidding yeah I'm really like that was, that was, I, I enjoyed that based on how thoroughly engaged he was, especially to be new yeah. to the show. Yeah, no, the, the, that, that was awesome. Like, no matter what this actor does on the show, like, he forever, like, won me over with that. Um, and there's other people who were at that table who, like, put sections of the interview on YouTube, and, uh, and you, you have to watch it just to see, like, the part where, like, I meant to tell you them. Because his facial expression is, like, hilarious. He's like, I don't even know what that is. And when I'm like, your dog, he, like, visibly, like, jerks his body back, like, oh, I didn't realize. Like, okay. Like, I thought that season was about family, John Stevens. Way to go. <laughs> Take that. Like, oh, I love her. Like, uh, even though that, that was betrayal, like, I thought that was funny. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, it, it's it's. I feel bad for him that that, that he was duped so easily by the by the producers. Because uh, as I was telling my my uh, friend Harry, who had visited, you told me this on the phone while we were like crossing the street, and like we were, I was telling him that what you told me about how the actor who plays Rachel Gould doesn't know he had a daughter, and and Harry was like, "Dark Knight Rises made over a billion dollars in the box office. How does anyone know not know Rachel Gould has a daughter?" And it's like, well, I don't but, think so too. In, in fairness. Like, well, he's not a comic guy. It's fine. That movie is five years old, so like he probably saw it in theaters. Like, but like he might have forgotten. Like, oh yeah, that's right. That was the guy's daughter. Like, you know what I mean? Like, because it's not like you see her and like Liam Neeson like share scene together or anything like that. Like, you, you right. can, you can like I don't remember anything about it. That movie made like a billion dollars, and I and I saw it. Like, I, I don't remember like oh yeah, I guess this character were like brother and sister, like something like that. Like, so. I, I do think that like Tally is such a big part of his history to the point where like uh, as like a teenage fanboy when Batman Begins came out or I might have been 20 when that came out actually I, I would have been a, I, I was 16 been so you, you might have been 20 yeah I was turning 20 that year I was like how can you do Razo Gu without Talia like they're like you know because she's such a big part of the conflict but in, in any case you know so yeah. but <laughs> that was a fun interview and I am in touch with um the person who runs his um, website is going to like, was also at the table and she's going to like, send me the video of him doing that. Like, you know, I'm under your bed, boo thing, which like, <laughs> that, 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 that was freaking adorable. Like I need to like, just find a kid to like, take with me to like all these rooms from now on because uh, <laughs> that, that works out great until one day when it won't. <laughs> like <laughs> the next time you don't go into a room, like Stella and I like have you in like one of those like 1800s, like baby carriages with those like, you know, umbrella things like over it. And like you're wearing like one of those like bonnets over your head, and you have a passport, and you're like, "Yes, this is um our baby." You can come into the person. Like, Why is your baby six a six foot tall black man? Gotta go. I'll do you talk to my baby like that. And I do wonder how much of Gotham he's seen based on him saying that like he didn't watch it before because he's like all Alfred can teach Bruce is like how to fold a napkin, and it's like, have you seen this show? Like, <laughs> he's clearly seen nothing. I, I, I mean, like, like the the fact that he says it's a sophisticated show is like, uh, but he seems enthusiastic. Um, I wasn't overtly impressed with his race at the finale of season three, but he he didn't do much, so I don't, I'm not really 
putting much much into that. Uh, and from what they're selling, Rage doesn't sound to be like outrageously out of character. Um, so it's it, it's it's fine. Yeah, I mean, like I said, he's he, he he's won me over until like you know he does something super horrible. So uh, and for which he will pay. Well, and, and and he's the one who convinced GM to like watch the show too. So. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I, it was, it's all good. So those were my goth interviews. Um, uh, I, I did promise you guys, you know, um, you listeners, that Don and I would do something over the summer. So uh, we have about like a month and a half before the show comes back. So Don, uh, what will it be? The Ford Focus or uh, or, or the prequel book? I mean, we, we may have time for both, but we should at least commit to doing one of them in the next month. Uh, the, my only apprehension about the Ford Focus thing is like I don't know if there's a place where we could like find all of them together like easily. To that, that we'd be able let's, to let's let's make the decision if 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 we find all of them and, and like if we haven't then you'll know it'll be like the book yeah <laughs> all right that'll be our project next week we're gonna find a way to find all of these like four focus commercials like <laughs> <laughs> going back to like season one like <laughs> it's, yeah, I'm, I'm positive we'll, we'll find all of them easily <laughs> like season one Falcon's a weak old man, Butch, but the Ford Focus is anything but weak. You go with that, right, Fish? Look at their four-wheel drive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now let's get in our Ford Focus so we can pay Maroney a visit. Now let's spend rubber, baby. <laughs> <laughs> with its horsepower, I'll be the Maroney's in no time. He'll never see us coming. That's right, Butch. Let's go. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> Alan and Montoya, like apparently, they, like them and Harvey, that like they're doing, they've been doing the Ford Focus commercials for years. Like, <laughs> it's like, where have they gone? Are you kidding? Their storylines continue the Ford Focus thing. Like, you know, Renee <laughs> <laughs> Montoya had like a whole like you know romantic subplot in like you know season two of the Ford Focus commercials or something. But uh, I mean, yeah, it's, 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 we have a month and a half out, so. Yeah, and Gotham switching to Thursdays, so it, it it's going to be interesting because uh, we are, uh, I guess, confirmed for season four. I was talking to Dustin about it earlier today, and he didn't say that we weren't confirmed. I talked about it for the podcast this year because um, I'm not going to make any announcements, but I am, you know, trying something new which should help the podcast. We'll see if it actually comes to fruition or not. So um, until next time, this is Josh, and this is Don, and we'll see you for season four. <laughs> on the next season of Gotham. <laughs> Previously on Gotham.